Greetings and welcome to episode 42 of the Prometheus Project Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bist. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of creativity. A few show notes before I get started here. First, my apologies for the long delay between episodes. I had some things occur in my life that threw everything off balance, some of which inspired the topic for this episode. Not to go into too much detail, but my partner lost both of her parents two weeks apart, and there's been a lot to deal with, not just the grief, but all the legalities that have to be navigated. You know, plus closing accounts, paying off creditors, contacting friends and relatives, and that became and continues to be almost a full-time job. But things have leveled off a bit, and we have a better idea of what needs to be done and how to get it all done, so I'm slowly getting back into my creative routines. One thing I want to mention also is uh, the topic for this episode, which is death. Now, I'm not going to make this a sad or morose episode. There's enough of that in the world right now. What I'm going to talk about is death and creativity, how it inspires art, how we use art to understand death, and how art and creativity can help us to process loss. As always, I want to inspire and motivate other artists. I want you to see beyond the black and white and discover the full spectrum of possibilities when it comes to death and dying. And I promise, no tears. So, death. <laughs> the thought of it frightens most people, and understandably so. I mean, we like to be alive, right? Being with the people we like, the people we love. We want to keep on eating the foods we like, having memorable experiences, going on vacations, spending time outdoors, loving, laughing, existing. In other words, we're selfish in that way. And, of course, there's the fear of the unknown. What lies beyond this life? No one knows for sure. It's not like anyone can take a peek behind the black velvet curtain and report back what they saw. Death is a mystery, and I feel that plays into our fear about it. We all have some degree of fear of the unknown, right? Like diving into a dark water pond, not knowing what lies beneath the surface. Is it deep? Is it shallow? Are there rocks or logs hidden in there? At least with the pond, we can dip a toe in there first, or wait for someone else to take the first plunge and report back. With death, well, we're all on a, we are all on a level playing field, more or less. And it's the one thing that makes us all equal. It doesn't matter what our financial status is, our gender, age, cultural background, sexual identity. We all get to face it at some point. I often think that fear of death is why we have religion. And not to denigrate anyone's beliefs, but it seems to me that sometime long ago, fear of death, that great mystery, prompted humans to try and find some answers, some understanding of this event. Not only that, but there's the issue of loss that they had to address. No one wants to lose a loved one, and the thought of never seeing them again is hard to manage. So over time, maybe eons, people began to develop their own take on death. And I think that's how we ended up with different versions of an afterlife. Heaven, Valhalla, Moksha, Nirvana, call it what you want. But in the end, it's all kind of the same. It's an answer to what comes after. Well, at least the good afterlife. On the flip side, we have uh, Hell, Samsara, uh, Kizumu, Janaham, and Naraka. To name a few. And those are a mouthful. <laughs> 
But what I find interesting about all these different takes on the afterlife is the imagery and art they've inspired. Paintings, literature, songs, sculpture, all depicting the artist's interpretation or their religion's interpretation of what comes after we die. I'm also fascinated by the contrast between the good place and the bad place, heaven and hell, and how we try to humanize it. In other words, how we make these places fit our human senses. For example, how angels and demons are basically humans with just, I don't know, different accessories, horns and halos, wings or tails, and are either beautiful to behold or grotesque and repulsive. And while I'm no longer religious, I did grow up in the Catholic Church. I was an altar boy, I did the sacraments, attended catechism classes, well, until I called my father and told him I didn't need to come back. I was asking too many questions, apparently. But I've always been interested in religion and religious beliefs. I've talked to people and asked them about what they believe, what they think happens after death. And it's interesting to hear their responses. I mean, personally, I think it's just lights out, darkness, no more consciousness. I mean, to take it a step further, I look at it from a scientific standpoint and maybe a little bit spiritual. My take is, we run on electricity, right? The synapses in our brain, our nerves, they all run on electrical charges, static that makes us breathe, our hearts beat, our muscles move. In a closed circuit, electrons are never really depleted, they just run and run and run. So when we die, I believe that energy, those electrons, leave us and return to the universe. I mean, maybe they become dark matter. Maybe they're absorbed by the sun or hitch a ride on a comet. Our consciousness is gone, but our essence, the power that made us run for all those decades, it never really goes away. It just returns to the source. At least that's how I see it. Others have shared ideas ranging from the traditional, as in we become angels or demons and live for eternity in some unearthly realm, harps, white robes, choirs, or conversely, burning in a pit of sulfur. (laughs) Some have told me they think it's more like a continuation of what we have here on earth, except there's no pain, no suffering, no greed, no anger. Everything is peaceful and everyone gets along. Oh, and there was a guy I used to know, an old roommate. He told me he believed that heaven was basically whatever we desired it to be. Like, it's personalized for each individual. So if you're really into, I want to say, books and reading, then your heaven would be a library. If you're a sports fanatic, then heaven would be a stadium where you'd watch all your favorite teams play over and over again. Which actually sounds kind of cool. I mean, if that's the case, then mine would be dogs. Dogs everywhere. Not just the ones I've lost over the years, but every dog ever. I'd take care of them all. But that right there, those examples, show how creative we can be when it comes to dealing with death. Even people who aren't creative or don't consider themselves creative can come up with some interesting scenarios. But that's just people creating a concept that gives them hope or some peace of mind for the future. I mean, for the most part, I don't believe people in general spend much time thinking about death, either as a concept or how it's going to affect them personally. Artists, on the other hand, tend to tackle death head-on. Memento mori, the reminder of death, has been a constant theme over the centuries, resulting in ars moriendi, the art of dying. Much like love, death has been a popular topic in art since the beginning. 
Humans created elaborate funeral ceremonies, burials with monuments ranging from humble tombstones or crosses to these huge elaborate pyramids. Death sparks creativity, or at least the concept and fear of death has been a constant inspiration. I find it interesting that all these interpretations of death and the afterlife, or lack thereof, along with the various versions of angels and demons, tend to follow similar themes. Hell is always depicted with reds and blacks and dark colors, while heaven is always white, lots and lots of white, <laughs> with bits of gold thrown in for good measure. And really, this crosses cultures and religions, which makes me wonder if these similarities are coincidental or somehow ingrained in us. As I noted a few minutes ago, death is a part of every life, although sadly some of us experience it far more than others. People in war-torn countries, for example, are where famine or disease run rampant. Others just have bad luck, losing family members and loved ones to random chance or bad genetics. And personally, it's been a part of my life since I was very young. I mean, I lost my birth mother when I was four years old. And I lost several friends and family members through my teens and 20s. I lost my father just over a decade ago. And more recently, both my in-laws. In addition, I've lost oh, eight dogs over the years. Some naturally, some had to be euthanized due to ill health. None of these were easy. But over the years, I've used my creativity my writing mostly, to work through the grieving process to remember the people and the pets and, in a way, memorialize them. You know, it's said that no one is really gone until their name is said for the last time. That's why <laughs> every once in a while I go back and reread what I've written about those I've lost. And occasionally I simply sit and say all their names out loud, including the dogs just because. But I've also written many poems in remembrance of those lost, and pages and pages in my journals. Some of it's emotional, working through my grief, but some of it's also celebratory, remembering good times, things I've learned, shared experiences. That, in turn, has inspired me to tackle death a bit differently when it occurs in my fiction. What I mean is, I feel like when I used to write something like a death scene or work with a character that's dealing with death in some way, it felt sort of, I don't know, sterile, generic. I think I was writing about death while keeping it at arm's length. But as I've experienced more death in my life, I've become more familiar with it, more comfortable. I think this change is a reflection of how I see death personally. I'm not necessarily scared of death or of dying. It's not like I'm looking forward to it or embracing it, but I've gotten to a point in my life where I accept it. It's going to happen. Hopefully later rather than sooner, and I'm not going to go quietly into that good night. Whatever happens, I'll do what I can to keep living. I won't be happy either because all the things I'll be leaving behind, my partner, my dogs, warm summer days, the smell of the ocean... But I also know that once I'm gone, well, I probably won't know the difference. I mean, flip the switch, lights out, end scene. Perhaps that's a cavalier attitude, but I don't mean it to be. Death, however, also influences my writing. I tend to lead, lean towards dark themes in my fiction, things that go bump in the night, strange dreamlike imagery, 
and traveling odd paths and twisted corridors, I think it's my way of exploring the concept of death, coming to terms with it in an abstract way, much like many other creative types. I mean, if you look over any branch of the art world, painting, literature, sculpture, music, whatever, you'll find several centuries worth of artists exploring death. Dante's Divine Comedy, for example, feels like it's his way of exploring death and what comes after it, with all the religious influences of the time thrown in on the uh, inkstained pages. To me, it's him thinking it through as if he's saying to the reader, this is my interpretation of what the church says is going to happen. There's a lot of that during the Middle Ages, the Restoration, the Renaissance, I mean, right up to today. In fact, I think that curiosity about death has influenced the horror genre. I mean, that's one of the great things about art. It allows us to explore our feelings and emotions, our hopes and dreams. And in this case, it allows us to explore our fear of death. Now, with horror, death is the theme. Sometimes it's ghosts and apparitions. Sometimes it's people dying or being killed. Obviously, killers in hockey masks and monstrous creatures are a bit far-fetched, but they aren't the point. The point is the death and dying. I think it's safe to say that most people fear death, so horror movies, especially slasher flicks, play into that fear. The movie makers just get a bit more creative with the concept. In other forms of art, like painting, I see the subject of death even when it's not necessarily the focus of the artwork. Consider The Persistence of Memory by one of my favorite surrealists, Salvador Dali. For those who aren't familiar with the painting, it's the one with the melting clocks on a stark shoreline. To some, it's an expression of the passage of time, of memory, or how memory melts away with time, which is a valid interpretation. For me, however, it's always been about death. The melting clocks are our lives melting away with time, our memories hazy, fading. The desolate shoreline and the stark cliffs are lifeless. But it's not necessarily a sad or depressing view of the painting. To me, that's just life. It's more of a reality check, the memento more, the reminder of death, of impermanence. I think that's why I appreciate Buddhist philosophy so much. I mean, it's probably more accurate to call it a belief, but since I'm not religious, I approach the teachings of the Buddha as a philosophy. And at the core of that philosophy is the impermanence of things and the acceptance of that impermanence. If nothing else, it makes me appreciate life that much more, knowing that this is all fleeting and will be over before I realize it. That's why I try to live for now, today, and I try not to worry about where I'm going to be tomorrow or where I was yesterday. Living in the moment, enjoying life, in moderation, of course, and making sure I take time to relish everything I see and hear and feel and touch and taste. In a sense, it makes me more passionate. In turn, that passion is what fuels creativity. It's not fear of death or what comes after. It's knowing that I have a limited time here. And I want to make the most of it. I want to express myself, maybe inspire or motivate others to do the same. I mean, it's okay to be scared of death, but we can't let that fear cripple us. We definitely can't avoid it, so why not use it in a positive way? Allow it to fuel your creativity. Use art as a way to explore the act of dying, or your vision of what comes after. 
Use it to work through emotions like grief and sadness, to remember loved ones, the people and pets who have added something to your life. I mentioned earlier that, that saying about how no one is truly dead until their name is spoken for the last time. If you use your art to remember them, like with a story, a poem, a song, a painting, then in a way, you're making them immortal. I like that idea. Which I think is a good way to close out this episode. See, for me, writing has always been cathartic, a way for me to go through emotions and things that I have a hard time processing. Just me, a pen, and a blank page in my journal. My cheap therapy sessions. But I've also used poetry as a way to remember loved ones. And when my partner lost her first dog many years ago, one she had adopted before she and I were even together, I wrote a couple of poems about him for her. I think it helped to, helped her to see those emotions, not just the sense of loss, but also it's a reminder of the fun things that that mutt would do. At times he made her laugh or was there to comfort her when she was sad. So why don't you give it a try? Think about a person or a pet or something that you've lost, but don't think about the loss and the death itself. Go back further and think about the times that you spent together, trips taken, adventures, maybe even quiet moments, sitting in a park, in your backyard, riding in a car together, a special dinner, whatever. Remember the smiles, the laughs, the warm feelings, and then use those to create something. It can be complex, simple, colorful, plain, but do something to capture that memory, the good times, the good feelings. Memorialize a moment and a memory and let that loved one live forever. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and there'll be more coming soon as I get back into the swing of things here. It's funny how difficult it can be to get back into a, into a routine after a couple of months, but I'm working on it. So check back soon, and I'll have more creativity to explore. As always, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, leave a comment or a rating on whatever platform you're listening on, and feel free to drop me a line on my website or on one of my social media accounts. Until next time, be creative, be kind, stay safe. Cheers.